passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 11th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into. Jay Book, let's start with some really unfortunate news. Um, Harry Miller retiring from football yesterday. The young man had been dealing with depression, had uh, suicidal thoughts. I mean, obviously, we, we wish nothing but the best for him. He's a wonderful young man, does a lot of charity work. Um, my heart goes out to him, and he could not have a better head coach uh, when you're dealing with mental health issues and Ryan Day. Ryan Day gets it. I mean, we all know about Ryan Day's background with his do- his father committing suicide when he was a you know, a young boy, um, and he struggled with that. But um, tough news yesterday about Harry Miller. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, and I just want to thank Harry Miller for coming out and saying that because I think he probably saved some people's lives. I just, just uh, had a couple 15, 20 minutes that I ventured around on the boards, um, yesterday, and you will see people talking about Harry Miller's story, and you will have people who are on the message board who never probably talked about their mental health struggles and the struggles that they had with their family. And what you saw was a situation where people were having dialogue started from Harry Miller being able to just open up and tell his story. And as you mentioned, I'm very thankful for what Ryan Day has been able to, to set up here because not only Harry Miller, but you you look at the Robert Landers story. I have posted a tweet about that uh, last night. Robert Landers also talked about how he struggled with depression and anxiety, and he really didn't understand it. But just being within Ohio State program, within the foundation that Ryan Day has set up, it helped him. It helped him really understand that he did he didn't have to suffer alone. Uh, last night, when Harry Miller posted that that message, I just wanted to give the guy a hug, man. I mean, it it really it really hit me deep um, because everyone knows someone who struggle um, time to time with mental with mental health issues, and I'm just thankful that we're in the day and age right now, Dave, that you can have that open dialogue. The overwhelming support nationally to Harry Miller was very encouraging because we're now in we're now in a in a space to where it's okay for people to to struggle. It's okay to ask for help. 
And I have no doubt in my mind that Harry Miller potentially saved at least one person's life. And I will say this about Ryan Day. Yes, this is a bottom line business when it comes to football and you want to win national championships. And I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason in life sometimes. And Ryan Day being in that position as the head coach of Ohio State, because he experienced the trauma that he did, he he was able to set up a foundation that saved that kid's life. And if anything, Ryan Day may not win a national championship at Ohio State. Hopefully he does. But at the end of the day, there is not going to be one person to say he didn't care about these kids. He didn't put the kids first and he didn't create a long lasting type of foundation that uh, that is at Ohio State to help these kids that are struggling in life. And I'm appreciative that Coach Day is in this position to be the head coach at Ohio State. Very well said, my friend. Very well said. Um, we did have a question, a football question regarding now that, uh, you know, Miller has retired. Will the Buckeyes look in the transfer portal? I don't think – there's still five over the scholarship limit. I don't think they're going to look in the portal. They actually like their depth on the offensive line. Now they're hoping – you know, Josh Fryer's missing spring. He's expected to be a top backup. Um, but they actually like their depth on the other line. So I'm going to say no on that. Never say never. I mean, they're going to obviously look in the portal and try and do things they need to do to help the team out. But with them being five over, um, we'll see what happens. But I, I do not expect them to look in the portal. Um all right, so let's switch gears and, and uh, talk some uh, talk some football here. We met with Ohio State's running backs and wide receivers yesterday. Um, very interesting stuff. We did have somebody comment on this. I was going to ask you about this. I know you, you mentioned this on Twitter yesterday. Travion Henderson mentioning that he was playing with a concussion. Not good at, on many levels. Now we're probably not going to be able to interview Ohio State's players going forward now. That's going to be the new policy. Now, <laughs> Hopefully I'm joking about that, but um, not good. Not good at all. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I have no idea what Henderson was doing there. I mean, I don't understand the concept, how the question even came up in the first place. But I will say, one, the kid needs to take care of himself. I understand, uh, you know, as you're playing in sports, we're all taught, suck it up, go out there and keep fighting until the very end. But what have we learned as time has gone by is you cannot play around with concussions and the lingering effects. If this kid is having any type of effects from concussions, he has to look out for himself and pull himself out. I know initially his words were that he passed the concussion test, the doctor that the doctors gave him, he didn't disclose that he was having a lot of symptoms. He kept checking himself in and out the game. And then later on, he came back and issued a statement for clarification. I don't know if somebody got to him at Ohio State and said, hey, you need to clean this up. But to me, you just can't you can't have your star running back out there putting that out (laughs) out there to the world to saying, hey, I'm I'm playing through concussions, especially the CTE that's prevalent in football right now. If you got a concussion, Take the time that you need to get yourself healthy. That's the that's the most important part. I'd rather have uh, Trevion Henderson miss two to three games and get himself right instead of having to force himself back into the lineup. There's plenty of guys back there behind him, Mayan Williams and Evan Pryor, and at the time, Master T, who can all run the football. He doesn't have to play hero. But to me, I, I just think that that's a younger guy who doesn't have a lot of media training that was speaking uh, freely 
But at the same time, you can't say those things. We have a question here I want to get to. Danzo, 626. What known name player do you believe has the highest chance of transferring? Assuming meaning a player on Ohio State's roster right now. I don't see any uh, top le- like level players, even top backups transferring. Mayan Williams, Jonah would have been a guy I might have been a little bit worried about after the season, but I'm not anymore. We got a chance to meet with him yesterday. He knows he's going to have a big role in this offense, even though Travion Henderson's here. Do you see any key players transferring out for the Buckeyes? I don't. I don't see any uh, key players transferring out, which you're probably will, which you probably will see are guys who are buried on the depth chart. I will tell people this. We don't like to speculate on who could transfer. You never know what personal situation is happening inside those walls. You know, prime example, Harry Miller. I mean, it was questionable if Harry was going to be back with the team, but we didn't have an idea that he was just going to uh, retire. But I will say this. What you're seeing now is a lot of kids are gun shy about the, the portal because the grass is not always greener on the other side. You look at the foundation, the things that Ohio State are able to provide to these players, and you're seeing guys that are going to the portal, and they're getting stuck. They're not necessarily coming out. Not everyone's going to be a Jamison Williams to where, just like that, you're picked up by Alabama and you're a household name. You look at some of the guys at Ohio State that have entered the portal, it's taken them quite a bit of time to really find a landing spot so I think if you're going to if you're going to enter the portal, if I was a parent guiding these kids, I would say at least have conversations behind closed doors with other programs to where you potentially have a landing spot. Because the last thing that you want to do is hit that transfer portal and not be playing and not get an education. I'd rather be at Ohio State and not playing and still getting my education and working towards my degree than be sitting at home and not doing either. All right, let's have a little fun here. So we got a chance, as I said, to meet with the running backs and the wide receivers yesterday. So all three scholarship running backs, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Evan Pryor, great stuff. We have videos on Bucknuts of all of that. And we got to meet with about eight wide receivers. I mean, you lose two first-round wide receivers in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and still I think they have the best wide receiving room in the country. These guys are stacked. So we got a chance to meet with Jackson Smith and Jigba, the superstar, the up-and-comers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka. You know, Julian Fleming, former number one wide receiver in the country. Abuka, also the former number one wide receiver in the country. Fleming now entering year three. Um, my question for you, sir, this is one of the headlines of the show today when we actually put it on Bucknuts and put it on Megaphone. Um, after Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is the best wide receiver on this team? I'm going with Marvin the Monster. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Marvin Harrison will be a household name this year. I mean, pretty much you get in a red zone, throw it up to Marvin. I mean, you look at the pictures of him, and he looks like an absolute beast. I just think that the pedigree coming in ahead of the curve, being really polished, uh, that happens when you have a Hall of Fame father who's going to be able to teach you the nuances. But just being able to come in right away and show that you can play at a high level. And I was just thinking about this, Dave. If you think about all the kids – since you covered Ohio State football, the ones who really came in at true freshmen and played right away, typically those guys end up first round type of talent guys. Because if you can play at Ohio State as a true freshman right away, considering the amount of talent that they bring in year in, year out, those are going to be 
guys that will be those boom impact type of players. And that's what I see in Marvin Harrison. I agree with you hundred percent. I wanted you to answer first and you and I might've talked about this before. I think we're both high on Marvin Harrison jr. I think even if Buckeye fan, even if Buckeye fans might say Julian Fleming or Mecca Buka, I think everybody's high on Marvin Harrison jr. But you and I especially are, I, I agree with you, man. He looks like, so he's got like the polish of his father and he looks like AJ green out there. He's like six, four, they list him at 6'3". That's nonsense. He is 6'4". I was even joking with him about that a little bit. I'm like, they list you at 6'3". Aren't you 6'4"? He's like, yeah, I'm 6'4", but maybe without shoes on, I'm six, you know, six three and a half. So I'm, we, we got to do something about that. So I went and talked to the, the SID at Ohio State, J- uh, Jerry Emig, and his associate, Mike Bassford. We're going to try and get that changed so Marvin Harrison Jr. is his proper 6'4". Because I'll tell you what, Jay Book, I tell people I'm 6'3". I cannot tell people I'm 6'3 if that young man is 6'3". He's at least an inch taller than me. And he, I agree, he's going to be a beast this year. I'll say this, and this is nothing against Julian Fleming. If I had to go one through three, I'd obviously go Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm going to Mecca Buka a little bit ahead of Julian Fleming. Where are you at on that? Good problem to have, right? I, It's a good problem to have, and I can see that. I, I think uh, Buka is going to be a, a home run hitter type of guy. The one thing that we need to see from Julian Fleming is he just needs to stay healthy right now. If he can stay healthy, I think he has the opportunity. I just think that Egbuka right now is a little bit more polished than Julian, but it's a great problem to have. I mean, you talk about those two, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, here comes Jalen Ballard, who's starting to to jump onto the scene. And you have Chris Olave talking about Ballard, and then we also had it on the – on the front row uh, boarding house that they're extremely high on Ballard and believe that he's going to be the next one that really takes off. And then fingers crossed. And I, I hope this kid stays healthy. <laughs> Can we please get at least one season out of Cameron Babb? Please, please, please stay healthy. Cause I want that kid to at least have a full season of playing football. He's been through so much with those knee injuries and without a, without a doubt, he should be the one, who wears the block O this year when it comes time to field the, the team game one against Notre Dame. What a warrior. Now he's, I wouldn't even see my age when he's maybe, uh, I don't know, five years from now, Lord, he's not going to be able to walk. But my gosh, what a warrior. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves him. And he's got, he's a, he's a leader, um, great kid. And I have no doubt he'd be a superstar if he didn't have all these injuries. The fact that he's had, I think he's had like, I'm not joking. I think he's had what, four torn ACLs. I don't even know how it's possible. I mean, I was talking with Bobby Carpenter yesterday. He's like, the young man probably has no cartilage, cartilage left in either knee, and he's out there doing what he can. Hats off to him. I hope he can stay healthy, man. It's just I worry he's not going to be able to walk in five years. Yeah, just stay healthy. Just give him one. I mean, the kid is obviously motivated and determined, and he's a true character. He's a true definition of someone who's overcome adversity. I mean, for me to have, if I had that many knee injuries, I'm hanging up the cleats. And I would try to be around the program as much as possible. But for for him to still be in the mix, good for him. And the program is better to have Cameron Babb around them day in and day out. So kind of a long question there. Uh, basically, I, I don't think you can ever have too much talent. I'll just answer that. Yeah, it can hurt your numbers and stuff like that. But you know, we've seen guys at Ohio State that maybe don't put up great numbers that um, still go high in the NFL draft. I think Jeremy Ruckert's going to be a good example of that. Didn't catch a lot of balls, but he'll still be one of the top tight ends taken. You can never have too much talent. Uh, Court Williams, 
No, you're not the only one that believes Court Williams is going to be special. We, we've talked about this on the show before, that coaches are very high on Court Williams. Jim Knowles loves him. <laughs> Jim Knowles was talking up Court Williams like crazy. Look for Court Williams to be that boundary safety. They call it the bandit. Um, he's going to play a lot. So, uh, yeah, so get ready to see a lot of Court Williams out there. All right. Um, do we have to talk about the basketball team? I guess I promised we would, so I guess we have to. Okay, it's you're going to have bad losses, you know, but, man, they've strung together – amazingly bad losses here. It started with Maryland and they did mix in a win over, uh, you know, Michigan state. These aren't consecutive, but within the last couple weeks alone, they've lost to bad teams, Maryland, Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan's not a terrible team, but you lose to them in Columbus on senior night. They're your rival. Awful. And then last night against Penn state, that can't happen. You cannot lose to Penn state in the big 10 tournament. You're up by 11. I know there's all the excuses they are injured and all this, Absolute nonsense. I have defended Chris Holtman. I don't want to say I'm done defending him. I'm still going to give him. I don't want, I'm not calling for his job. I'm going to give him another year, but I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah, it's, I mean, this basketball program, I said it last night. It is what it is when it comes to the basketball pro, program, because you just, you don't know what you're going to get from these guys. And once again, here we are, the most important time of the, of the season and the basketball team is absolutely falling apart. In March, I mean, for Holtman, it has to be a must win to at least get out the first round right now. I mean, your 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 wheels are literally falling off. Players aren't getting better. Uh, they have a bad habit of blowing leads. You know, if you ripped your chest open right now and you said, hey, how do you feel about the Ohio State basketball program under Holtman? Do you believe in your soul that this is going to be? a potential championship caliber type of program going forward in the future? The question to me is no. And so I truly believe that the recruiting class coming in next year is what is saving him. I don't, I think Gene is going to give him the opportunity to coach that class. And if you have a a similar situation to where they're completely falling apart, then I, I think that he's going to be out the door. I know I had Brian Schottenheimer tweet back to me yesterday and said that we don't need to settle for a mediocre basketball program. So anytime or Schottenstein. Yeah. Sorry. Schottenstein. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime Schottenstein is just saying, Hey, this isn't acceptable considering his family's name is on the building. Then that's something to at least keep your eye on because right now the basketball program, they're spinning. I mean, it, the thing about it is with the football program, you have such a sense of urgency with the basketball program. I think there's a mentality that, OK, they are what they are. They're second fiddle to football. So maybe we shouldn't give them the pressure and the expectations that we have with the football program. When in my mind, if you're paying him three million dollars and making him the second highest paid coach in the Big Ten, the expectations need to be high. The expectations are you need to win the Big Ten championship, which they haven't done. The expectations are that you need to be starting to play your best basketball as you hit the inter- as you hit March, getting ready to head into the tournament, and that's not the case. We had a question if Malachi Branham's going to come back next year. I doubt it. I, I you asked me a month ago, I would have said I think he's coming back, but he's, you know. Not necessarily the last few games, but overall, he's been on fire. I tend to think he'll be a first-round pick. Not a lottery pick, but if I had to guess, I think he's going to leave. And and let's leave with this. We had one more question I want to get to. Jay Book, you can answer this one. Uh, Keldricks wants to know what kind of season you think Josh Proctor's going to have. 
I think Josh Proctor will have a, a monster season. I mean, you, the safety position is pretty much the coach of the defense when it comes to Jim Knowles. He said it's a safety-driven position, so Josh Proctor back there is going to be someone who has the opportunity to really shine because the safety's in Jim Knowles' defense at Oklahoma State. A lot of those guys were all Big 12 um type of players there. So I just think that Josh Proctor, when healthy, is one of the best safeties in college football. Now that we're putting a huge emphasis on the safety position, I think he's poised to have a big breakout year. Jonah Booker's having a huge breakout year, a ah, huge breakout century. Great stuff out of Jay Book. Really appreciate it, Jonah. Appreciate all the listeners and viewers out there for tuning in the show. If you like the show, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review. It all helps. Thanks again for joining us. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.